0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Stories That Shape Us, where I get to spend time chatting with friends about what it looks like to follow Jesus in the midst of our uniquely South African story. I'm Tim Black, and I serve as General Director of Scripture Union South Africa. And I'm really excited about our time together today. I have three of my SU predecessors here in our Zoom studio. Peter Holmes, Jeremy Clampett, and Tony Nzanza. Greetings guys. Uh, We would much rather be getting a cup of coffee together somewhere, uh, but instead we're in lockdown mid-year 2020. So uh, we're letting our technology serve us today. So thanks guys for taking the time to catch up. Sure thing. Well, let's start with how you are doing. So maybe for anybody that might not know you, and that's not going to probably be too many people, But start by introducing yourself and remind us when you began in SU and then how long you served the team as general director. So, Peter, we'll let you go ahead and lead us.
1: Okay, thanks. Thank you, Tim. Uh, Well, I started with Scripture Union in October 1970. Is that right? Yes, October 1970, which is a long time ago. And I uh, took on this, uh, took on the position of general director um, in the middle of 1987, and I served for exactly 10 years and uh, 10 <laughs> 10 wonderful years, and then young Jeremy Clapper took over from me.
2: Yeah, I joined uh, Script Union. I was a product of Script Union. I was brought to faith on the shores of uh, the Eastern Cape at a good old-fashioned script union boys teenage camp and uh, I just became increasingly involved until it became a natural thing for me to do to give up teaching and I joined script union eight years later than Pete. We became very close buddies actually during that time. Peter and I were very close together. We still are good friends and uh, I took over from Pete when he, he sort of drifted off into the sunset. And I was uh, at the helm for about 10 years, 23 years in all. And then I handed it over to, to Tony. I was uh, delighted to have such an outstanding uh, man to succeed me. In. And Tony, well, you can pick it up from there.
3: Yeah, so I, I joined Scripps Union firstly as a volunteer in the Western Cape in 1991. Um, and, um, you know, just assisting wherever I could uh, before joining the uh, full-time staff member in September 1991, uh, and then when Jeremy uh, then left the Western Cape, you know, I, you know, I uh, soon afterwards, you know, followed him in terms of uh, leading the Western Cape, uh, and then uh, when he left the national office, I, you know, then ov- obviously took over from him as well, you know, as uh, you invited me to do that, you know, some really excellent time of just uh, connecting with, uh, with the team in Scripture Union. Yeah, so I've been involved in SU, I mean, over 26 years now.
0: I'm such a lighty. This is actually as we finish uh, June and head into July, it's just two years for me. So, so I have a lot to learn from you guys. How, let, let's just ask some questions about how you're doing. How have you and your family been doing during lockdown? Maybe tell us about a good thing that's been going on, uh, what you found that's been good in all the midst of these challenging contexts of COVID, and then maybe something that you found that's been challenging about our current context.
1: Uh, the, the whole lockdown thing has been sort of like being on holiday, but you can't go anywhere. I was, before lockdown started, I was still doing little bits of work in Johannesburg, and I still had a few uh, minor SU responsibilities, but um, those kind of came to an end with lockdown. I, I don't know what the future is about the work in Johannesburg. And Su Tib, you and I are going to spend some time talking. Uh, lockdown has been interesting. I've done, I've spent hours doing things I don't normally do, like I got into jigsaw puzzles in a big way. Besides that, I've done a lot of walking, a huge amount of walking, <laughs> especially when we had those three hours that we could walk in the morning. Uh, all of us have stayed well throughout this time. Uh, That's Heather and and me, our three daughters, our two sons-in-law, our five grandkids. We've all stayed well, and we thank the good Lord for that. Uh, The biggest challenge, um, I think you asked something like this, Tim. The biggest challenge for us regarding uh, the the lockdown was our single daughter who lives alone in a townhouse in, in Weinberg, and it's been a real challenge for her, the aloneness of it. The That's okay, though. She's survived and she's come through. I think the most um, enjoyable, worthwhile aspect of the lockdown for us has been that we got into the habit after three weeks or four weeks into lockdown of having a family Zoom at 12 noon every Sunday. And that has been a really super time together. We've had all of our immediate family involved, not always Lisa, our youngest daughter, but also my sister, and on occasions my mom, my stepmom, and that's been that's been a very special time. Mm. In some ways, we spent more time together than we do normally. So, lockdown, it's, it's been fine. Of course, I haven't played golf, <laughs> but we're back on the courses now, so that's okay.
2: No goal for you means an unhappy man. <laughs> yeah. Tim, for, for, uh, for me, lockdown has been, has been a, a positive experience mostly, and that's an indication of how privileged we all are. Hmm. Um, I was working about 40% online as a life and business coach, which is what I'm doing. Peter, of course, is the one guy amongst the four of us who's gone into retirement. The rest of us are still... Not uh,
1: entirely, eh? Not <laughs> entirely, but okay. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs>
2: but, so, so I've been working um, you know, full days and I and I've just went from 40 to 100%. I've got my technology. I've got a good internet connection. I have a, a nice sun-filled study where I can do my work. And as I've indicated before we started, I haven't had to go out much. Um, so... You know, things have been kind to me I, during the initial, very hefty lockdown. I had to keep my running up by running in and around the house. I did, um, I did a lockdown Manzansi challenge, where we mm-hmm. ran two kilometres a day for 20 days, and that was our marathon. You know, um, and I got into a really slow pace of jogging around the house. i never really got out of that, <laughs> so. I've got some hard work ahead of me, but it's, it's good to get out. And so actually the only time I get out is um, very early in the morning. I usually come back before it's dark. And so I don't know what's going on in the world there. Um, we, our family get-togethers were on Zoom were, were chaotic. We, we celebrated uh, each other's birthdays. There were a few birthdays. And then all 18 or 19 of us would get together because we are a large family. And it was sheer chaos. We were all just smiling and (laughs) grinning at each other and all speaking at the same time. (laughs) But very, very happy. Uh, I was very blessed in that kind of way. I think the difficulties, Tim, are the external ones. I'm very conscious of how how difficult life is for many, many people. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're engaged, as I was indicating earlier, in some of the feeding schemes and and supporting work that's going on Life is very hard for some people. We we're beginning now more and more to hear of people who've died, yeah. Um, and so life is very tough there. And I'm aware mm. that I'm actually untouched. So my the ministry I'm trying to exercise is to be speaking to the people that need to need need support and encouragement. Um, mm. That's what I do. And um, you know I've had instances of, of I think God just bringing me to the right place at the right time, but um, so, so although it's easy for us, it's not an easy time mm. for
3: the world. Others, oh, mm.
2: sure,
3: yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy, for that. I, th- I think for me, you know, uh, it's, it's a bit been a mixed bag. I think mostly very positive, uh, because I, you know, basically work from home in my new role now with Scripture Union International. Uh, so the only thing that's not happening is the is the travelling. You know, so I'm not travelling as much. Oh, I haven't gone out of <laughs> out of Cape Town yeah. really at all. The only travel that I'm doing is going to the shops. <laughs> you know? So I'm the Big designated guy. shopper in the house. You know, so if something we're running out of things, I'm the one that has to go and stand in the long queues and <laughs> you know. Um I think uh, last week my wife uh did one trip, you know, um, because she has been back at work for like two months now. And um and she was very hesitant to go back. Um but yeah, she, she, they, they're really following some, some very strict uh, regulations around there. And our son has been, um, you know, one of those fortunate ones. I mean, they carried on uh, learning, uh, you know, online learning, and uh, got their results even you know, last week. Uh, but I'm very mindful, as Jeremy said, there are millions of other, uh, other young people out there that don't have the privilege that some of us have, you know. So I'm always aware of that side of, of life. Um, and as a family, we try to find ways of reaching out to some of the people around us that are, that are needy, you know, to find ways of where God just leads you to some people that require, you know, small little things, you know, that we can all also be able to just provide. So that is very uh, encouraging for us as a family. Uh, we also did a lot of stuff around the house. Um, you know, because obviously you know, we're not going anywhere. So, <laughs> so the house, you know, the housework is there, you know, a bit of learning, you know, cooking skills, you know, uh, various things. It, it's just really a fantastic time, you know, just being at home. Uh, obviously for us, it's, it's just the three of us. It's my wife, um, and our son, uh, and our daughter was just less than two kilometers away. Uh, you know, lives with their husband and, uh, yeah, so you know, the way to meet with their times was you know maybe bump it at the at shopping center because we shop at the same place, you know. Um, but I think the the most challenging thing I think for us as a family has been not having people. Uh, we, we love people. Our house is always you know lots of people coming to visit, uh, either you know friends of my son or just our own friends as as, as husband and wife. Uh, so that has not been taking place. Uh, you know, and so Zoom has uh, taken over, having a lot of Zoom meetings. I'll just say, Tim, before we begin, I think I'm zoomed out. <laughs> 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 I need a break of Zoom. <laughs> you know, but but yeah, I, I think we find ourselves in a very good spot, a really good spot, and very positive. Great.
0: Now that's that's fascinating, guys. Um, think about. Let's take you back a little bit now. You've uh, we've been working in sort of our current context, how, um, if you think back back around what SU was like when you were on staff or as general director, what are some of the issues that we were dealing with as a country at that time, and and how did they impact you in your role of leading Scripture Union?
1: So, so I came onto the staff of SU in 1970. I was in the Transvaal, the then Transvaal. Eddie Press was the, the regional director at that time. Uh, I came on to the staff as a teenage worker. That's what we had in those days. So for my, for me, life was all about team camps and uh, SCA in schools. That was my total focus, I think. Uh, and leader, well, the schools work involved leadership training. I think at about that time we started. We started the first little steps. Of stopping being a whites only movement. Mm. and Corsi was appointed to the staff in Johannesburg uh, one month after I was. That was November 1970. He was the first mm. black staff worker in SU. Mm. He was based in Soweto. And I don't remember details of what Nat was mm. meant to do or trying to do. I think he was just trying mm. to do scripture union and stuff in townships so that was the start within a few years for us the biggest challenge was there were two major challenges in my time on staff and then as general director the first was this whole racial thing increasingly we as staff were saying the days of SU being a whites only movement has to come They have to come to an end. Um, That was challenging. It sounds so obvious now. But I remember, to be honest, I remember there were committee members, there were council members who were saying, no, no, you guys are getting involved in politics. And we were trying to say, we're just basing our approach on what the good (coughs) book, the Bible tells us. And, and starting with Christians, it's all about oneness in Christ, black, white, whatever, one in Jesus Christ. There was no space for a racial segregation within SU. It was a huge challenge. As far as I can remember, we had our first racially mixed camp and it was, excuse the terms from the past, colored and white an SCA leadership camp, in uh, about 1973, I don't think it was that one, but it was the next one we had where, (laughs) just out of interest, I said to the chairman of Transvaal, as it was still then in those days, chairman of Transvaal, SU, should we warn the owners of the campsite we're going to that we're going to come not just with white kids, but colored kids as well? And Jan Reinders, my chairman, who was a professor at Witt, said, let's not tell him. Let's just go. Because if we tell him, he might say, you can't come. Hmm. I'll never forget this. So we arrived there with a bunch of white kids and a bunch of colored kids. It was a groundbreaking moment for SU. This is a mid-1973. And I remember on the Sunday afternoon, the owner of this campsite Said he needed to see me. Jan happened to be at the camp for that day, and uh, he called us into his office, owner of the camp, and said, "You have brought." I'm not sure what term he used. I'm not. Su- yeah, I'm not sure what term he used, but you have brought other than white kids to this camp. We said, "Yes, absolutely." He says, "I'm very unhappy about that." Words to that effect. And you can't come here if you do that. So you can't come here again if you do that sort of thing. And I'll never forget Jan Reinders, looking him straight in the eyes and saying to him, Mister, let's leave the name out of it. We will never come here again until we can come with whatever group of kids we feel. It was a a lovely moment and we never used that campsite again. And we found campsites that would take racially mixed groups. Uh, Things moved from then onwards. It was always challenging, challenging, challenging to break down the barriers. Um, Can I quickly say to me, I think the second huge challenge was as we started moving into black areas, financially the work became more and more difficult because until those days, any white area we moved into immediately would bring giving into the movements. Moving into black townships didn't meet with that response for a a wide number of reasons, and I won't try and get into those. But um, I think for... I don't think before I was general director that we really had severe uh financial challenges but my thinking is from my time onwards as we more and more became a racially mixed movement that was one of the consequences it was not nothing wrong with it it was fine it was just a huge challenge which we're still experiencing today i think tim
2: at which point he left
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and he yes. said yeah you
1: are jeremy I kept, um, to, I kept going to the States to find money for another no,
2: eight years. Yeah, and that that was a lifesaver. That that was a lifesaver. But, um, you know, uh, Peter's absolutely right uh, that um, as we try to scale up the movement. So my job um, was to pick up and follow and, and on the work that Peter did. And, and we were all, I mean, we didn't even think about it. We were just absolutely 100% committed to being a, a completely non-racial mm. movement. So, and and we all had our instance less and less as the years went by, mm. uh, such as Peter described. I mean, I can remember once phoning up, and maybe it was a mistake to do so, Pete, but I called, uh, I was taking a bunch of kids up the East Coast, and uh, I called what I thought would be the more sympathetic of the uh, owners and uh, said, you know, listen, we're going to bring a mixed group um, he said, "Well, then you can't come here." And so we had to, uh, with hours to go, we just had to re- rejiggle our our strategy. And I was very stressed, uh, to be honest. I was very stressed because I, I wanted this to be a good experience for the kids, and I wanted us to go ahead. But uh, I was aware that not everybody was on our team, so we had those experiences. But you know what? We came through, hmm. and I'm really proud of of Script Union that we were able to hold our heads up. I'm not wanting to trumpet our praises because I'm sure a lot of things we could have done better. But so when I took over, you know, we had a, a very much a, a non-racial movement and we was trying to scale. Mm. And uh, there were financial challenges and organizational challenges. But I think the big challenge that hit us then was that um, uh, HIV AIDS became an issue. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that, was, that was the pandemic of those years. And so we tried to gear our ministry to be relevant to, to HIV. And that was a, a challenging thing to do. We brought out the Life Skills Program uh, with spearheaded by Charlene Swartz, who did a, a great job and tried to um, contextualize our evangelism, staying true to evangelism, um, mm. but um, you know, framing it in, in the, the, the actual lived experience of the kids, but still getting into schools. We were very much, very much committed to evangelism, but we wanted to do it in a way that was relevant. It opened up a door of funding, which was a double-edged sword because we got lots of money. Um, and that was also another answer to our needs, but it didn't necessarily um, help us in the long run because the day came when that funding came to an end and then I left and, <laughs> and the over to Tony so and Tony had to live with that <laughs> consequence. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I think the the challenge of uh, of HIV and AIDS was quite a real one uh, among our people, um, and the reality is that uh, not everyone on council was actually in, a, in agreement with actually you know um, you know focusing some of our energies into that, um, mm-hmm. and um, it it was always seen as a as a compromise by some people, uh, you know, yeah. and I, I I still remember having uh, a lovely conversation with my chairman then. Um, who, who was very keen for us to actually stop this um, nonsense as, as they, you know, referred to it. And I then said, to, you know what, uh, if that's the way that we need to go, uh, I, I just believe that uh, that's not the way that uh, I believe we should be working in Scripture Union. So if, if it means that, S yes, U you need to find somebody else to be able to, to play the role of general director, I'm, I'm willing to, you know, step out of Scripture Union. Because the, the the Christ that I know is a Christ that uh, saw what was out there, um, you know, be it hunger, be someone who he, needed healing. You know, he, he reached out there and, and did that. So it's some very uh, <laughs> lovely conversation around that, um, and I think we wrote the wave, but it was always a wave that was a, a, a bumpy wave. You know, it was always a smooth wave.
1: Yeah, know. we had some bumpy waves. Yeah, yeah,
3: mm. and uh, the, the other issues around just you know. It, it, the, the, the intentionality of bringing, you know, uh, kids from all kinds of backgrounds together was something that we, you know, we we, we insisted uh, as Scripture Union, yeah, looking at our own leadership team, uh, looking at the volunteers that we took out, on camp. Uh, I mean, it would go even bizarre times that you say to uh, a region, so how many of black or of white kids or whatever kids do you have on your camp? You know, because we wanted to make sure that we, you know, we, we are intentional because we realize that if we're not, intentional, it's not just going to happen by, by chance. And, uh, you know, I always say, you know, I take my head off to the, to those that went, you know, uh, before us, like people, guys like Peter and Jeremy, uh, you know, who, who really laid the foundation for some of us, you know, uh, because I still remember 1994, uh, uh, we, uh, we had a camp at Rocklands. Uh, and Jeremy will remember this. Um, it was just mm-hmm. before the yeah. election. And uh, we, our theme was the greatest election, you know, uh, and I was, I was in charge of that camp, particular camp. And uh, the management at that particular campsite, you know, we're not happy about that and, you know, tried to actually stop uh, this whole process because what we had basically done was got all the material from the different uh, uh, parties, you know, uh, national party, then ANC, PAC, whatever you can name off, you know. And then we got our leaders to be able to, to act as the, as the of those particular parties. <laughs> uh, and we thought it was a, a brilliant thing to be able because some of our kids were much older, especially in the townships, they so would actually be able to vote. And uh, the, the tension and the and the opposition that we faced was was really just I, I mean, I, I was I was horrified to see that. And uh, I thank God was it, you know it was not during the time of cell phones. So uh you know they phoned Jeremy to come up and <laughs> come to the rescue. And by the time Jeremy arrived at the campsite, we're we done with the activity. And we, we met and uh, you know, it was a defining moment for me where my leader, Jeremy, was able to stand with me as a junior staff member and endorse the minutes that we're doing at Scripture Union. You know? So that, that has made one of my most defining moments for me uh, as, as, as as a staff member. Because I said to myself, if there was a day that I could leave SU, it was that day. You know, if Jeremy would come and say, Tony, what rubbish were you doing? But fortunately, Jeremy knew exactly what we are be doing because we would tell him exactly what problems we were running. Uh, and he came and he and stood on our side. Uh, so, yeah. So by those issues of uh, integrating young people from different political, you know, sides, different cultures, you know, we, we kept on going because, I mean, that's what how we build the nation. Oh. If I can add a, a bit to move away from this
2: topic, and
3: uh, we could talk about
2: this one forever, but a big thing that happened uh, during my time was that churches um, woke up to mm. the challenge of youth ministry oh, yeah. so there was a time when nobody camped, but script Union yeah. camped, and we were the camping leaders by you know a mile, yeah. and nobody ran holiday clubs, but script Union yeah. uh, used those as as outreaches into communities and then Churches caught on to that. Um, nobody was in, in, interested in the schools, but yeah. then uh, churches woke up to the fact that actually there's a, a, a mission field on their doorstep. And, and mm-hmm. doorstep. And then the um, the job program was Jesus our teacher through Honor brain, which was eventually brought into Script Union. Um, and so, in one sense, it's good to know that the church has done that. But yeah. the Script Union was at the helm of introducing. Um, camping, community based holiday clubs, um, getting the church together, um, helping churches to g- become engaged in the schools in a really meaningful kind of a way. Uh, and whereas that happened, that also brought um, some challenges to Scripps Union to remain relevant in the context where they weren't the only performer, they weren't the only player in the field. And, and that's when I left and left that to Tony to sort that one out. Thank
1: you.
0: <laughs> It's. It seems like there's a lot of dumping and running going on right?
2: <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> the name of the game.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, look how how about if? Uh,
0: well, maybe Tony, you want to step in? Did you have something you wanted to add to that?
3: No, no. I just I just about to say just in terms of uh, what Jeremy is saying, just opportunities in terms of working with the churches. I mean, it's just a mm-hmm. wide gap that get opened up. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. who in our wildest dreams would ever imagine Scripture Union working with? Uh, with the ZCC church, you know, um, you know, but because of, of what we're doing on the ground and what churches were seeing, you know, you know, you, know, you get a, someone from ZCC, you know, Bishop come and say, well, I, I like to do things like this, you know, uh, and we as SU then go out and, and find ways of, uh, you know, partnering with them and uh, teaching them how to do things the SUA. Uh, I, I think just huge opportunities uh, in the townships where we, uh, There's a lot of support, o- obviously not necessarily financial support, uh, but, um, you know, uh, the churches in the township started really uh, believe in the minister of scripture union. Because when I started working for scripture union uh, in the townships, you know, the, I'll, I'll, I'll refer myself as an SCM me- uh, member, you know. Uh, it was one of those political collect, uh, correct things to say uh, because we didn't want to be in the turf of SCM. Um, but to get to a stage whereby uh, there was so much embracement from the church about what we we're doing that would actually boldly decide no, we from Scripture Union. Look, if you guys think back a bit, what are some of your favorite
0: stories, <laughs> Peter? It, it's uh, I'm I'm sure this strikes a good chord with you. What are What are some of the stories that you remember that you could share that would uh, sort of define some of your time at SU?
1: I'll start Tim, because you know, look, though I left SU from full time staff in 99 so that's 21 years ago i've maintained as you all know i've maintained some level of involvement and so SU is still close to my heart i do often think back what were the what were the the best things the toughest things the whatever from my time and you know what i constantly come back to in 1986 we launched our first ever national teens camp yeah. at uh, at Woodridge College, just outside Port Elizabeth. I had been in the States for two and a half years, eighty eighty one, eighty two, and I'd spent time in the States with wonderful youth movements, particularly Young Life, and I'd I'd spent the three summers in the States at different with different camping organizations, Young Life, and Mount Hermon, Ponderosa Lodge, and so on. I picked up a huge amount of stuff that I wanted to bring back to South Africa. And after some years, we launched our first national teens camp at Woodridge College. This was an incredible challenge. I know Jeremy was involved. Mike Perks, who was the previous regional director in the Eastern Cape, was hugely involved. And we would pay, pay a lot of uh, credit to Mike for what he did to make this happen. But what what a challenge it was in 1986, December into January, 87, to launch a national racially mixed teams camp. For exa- A challenge, for example, was just getting the kids from Johannesburg, so where to Pretoria and, and Pretoria townships onto a bus to get them to Woodridge. And we had to work this out. If the bus goes and picks up the white kids at Johannesburg Station first, and then goes into Soweto, you'll have white parents saying, I don't want my white kids to go into Soweto on a bus. So we would have the bus go first to Soweto, pick up all the black kids, then come to Joburg Station to pick up the white kids. And this bus would arrive full of black, shining faces, grinning out of the window. And white parents would be saying, should we let our kids go? Can we actually do this? And I remember us as leaders, we would go to Woodridge four or five days before the camp started for training, for specific training for every day, program training, spiritual program training. And I used to organize all sorts of white people to go to Joburg Station just to be there and to calm any worried parents down. It's fine, your kids will be fine. It's okay, they went to Soweto first to get the black kids. (laughs) I mean, the the challenges were enormous, but uh, we ran Woodridge for 10 years. Uh, The biggest camp we had was probably about, not huge, 120 kids. We had a huge no, a huge leadership uh, compliment. we had a work crew. I think in my entire time in ASU, the toughest challenge we ever carried out were those Woodridge camps. It was, um, they were landmark events, very special mm. to those of us who were involved. Yeah, they were, and, mm. I, mean, uh, and I think we, yeah. Sorry. I was just going to. I uh, meet adults who became Christians at those camps way, way back, or had great experiences. So mm. Great privilege, yes, Jeremy, my friend.
2: No, I was. I was going to endorse that. Um, they mm. they were seminal, not just for Scripture Union, but I think uh, for uh, in arenas way, way beyond uh, Scripture Union. So it's a privilege for me to be part of that, and and it just became automatic afterwards. So thanks to you for pushing us in that direction. Mm. Um, we, uh, I'm sure Tony will also, but uh, lots of other stories about the whole non-racial aspect. But I'm going to mm. talk about a different thing. And that is God's amazing provision. Mm. Um, uh, in, mm. When, in any ministry, there are always financial challenges. But if I were to think of, of one aspect, it would be this incredible provision of God mm year after year in big ways and in small ways to meet our needs in a pinpoint fashion in answer to our prayers. Um, That continued over and over and over again. I I could have, maybe I should have written a book about it, but the number of times in which God came through for us in miraculous ways was unbelievable. Uh, The other thing is to, in in my own personal experience experience, uh, and I, I attended more camps than I can remember, more holiday clubs than I can remember. But I do remember once going out to to Mitchell's Plain where we were starting a work. And, uh, you know, how God opened the door in, in Mitchell's Plain is, you know, it's a difficult area in, in one sense. But uh, the at that stage, we wanted to get all the kids together. And uh, the hospital opened the doors for us. Hmm. And uh, they said, come and use our facilities. And so um, on a weekday afternoon, on a Tuesday, every sort of third or fourth week, we would get together and all the kids from mm-hmm. Mitchell's Plain would come walking towards the, the, the Mitchell's Plain Hospital. The manager was a keen Christian and very keen supporter of Script Union and opened the facilities. And we used to use their, their room. They had a beautiful room. We sang, and worshipped, and we did Bible teaching, and broke out into little groups and, and did some really good work in, in Mitchell's Plain. That went on to have a holiday club, um, which was a residential experience. And I remember going out to Mitchell's Plain, um, I'd asked each of the team members. There were about 45 or 50 team members, um, all teenagers, young adults. And I said to them, you know, bring a mattress, bring a sleeping bag, bring a pillow. We're not quite sure where we'll sleep, uh, but we'll do it. And I'd arranged several churches to do provide the meals and so on. When I got there, I realized that I was the only one with a mattress. And um, because, you know, the average mistress playing household doesn't have mattresses, so I put that in the car. Then I realized that I was one of the few people with a sleeping bag. So I zipped it open and uh, probably only about half of us had a pillow. So when we eventually came to sleep at the end of a busy day, we would just, the guys in one room put the pillows down, all share three or four of us to a pillow, on the floor, spread whatever blanket we had had, over us. And it was a stark reminder of how different things are in different, Mm. um, how we fed ourselves, uh, because there wasn't any constant source of food. And I had these 45 hungry teenagers and food would come sometimes at 10 o'clock at night. Somebody would bring a big bowl of soup um, (laughs) when we were least expecting it. And everybody got out of bed and said, Hey guys, there's a big pot of soup here." And then when lunchtime the next day was expected, it just never appeared.
3: Hmm.
2: and It was a tough experience from that point of view, but it was one of the richest experiences of, of my memory in, in Script Union. And there were, there were many over hmm. the years I spent in Script Union. And one of the special things is to get the letters that I'm sure Tony and Peter have hmm. also received from, from people that have gone on to yeah. become uh, Christian leaders in their communities later on and to, to receive one from that era to say how meaningful those experiences were, and they remembered those discipleship meetings in the hospital, and how their leadership and their Christian character and their discipleship was formed during Mm. that experience of evangelism, as tough as it was, and how Mm. important it was to have a mixed group, and and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Those are the memories that stand out for me. God's provision, His blessing, His His empowering in, in situations where we just actually had no control over the situation. It almost seemed hopeless, but it was triumphant in the end. G- Gora is just amazing. I, like I mean, of
3: the way that, uh, you know, things came our way. Uh, I still remember, in, uh, you know, when we had our first uh, HIV, and, uh, HIV positive child attending camp, you know, um, and uh, I, I became the leader <laughs> of that particular kid, you know, because at that stage, you know, obviously, you know, you didn't want anybody else to know it was still hash hash, you know, and um, but to be able to to, to be in a, in a part of an organization that was willing to to go the extra mile to reach out to kids that are different, you know, uh, look at some of our camps where we embraced, you know, some of the kids that are uh, blind kids, you know, that, that that came to our to our camps, uh, you know, just like mm-hmm. wow, you know, uh, it, it just one of those risks that we were making, we were prepared to make as a Scripture Union to be able to reach out to you know, all the young people out there. Um, and I think the, the most special thing, I think for me, in my with scripture union is, uh, and I think J- Jeremy alluded to that, is the young people that you met at primary school, you know, you walk with them to high school, um, and and you still walk the journey you know, of life with them today, you know, uh, where some of them, you know, God has really used them in, in, in different uh, facets, be it in, in the church, business, uh, or, or wherever you know, um, just being able to be part of that their life journeys, I, I think to me just uh, really encouraging to be able to see. Um, and I think in, in terms of also just the the the, the imprint of uh, of Scripture Union you know, that is left, uh, not just among the young people, uh, but also among those that you know stood with us as as, as supporters. You know, um, being able to be in a in a context where um, when things are, are not going well, and you know you you got a, a group of people that you can call upon, uh, that you know came to the fore uh, because they believed in the in the Minister of Scripture Union, um, you know th- that to me is another thing that just stands out. Uh, and the other thing that stands out is I think the, the 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 whole initiative of of coming up with new resources for for meeting young people, you know, as is, is, is Scripture Union where we constantly found ways, you know, uh, asked ourselves questions, difficult questions, how best we actually reach out to kids. Um, I mean, I look at the way that, uh, you know, um, uh, we launched some of the, you know, Bible apps, you know, to, to reach out to kids with the Bible. Uh, you know, it's just it's some innovative ways that we're trying to seek ways of saying, how do we reach out to those young people that might not necessarily have a Bible in their hands, might not necessarily walk in the church, um, and uh, to be able to see some of these tools coming up, um, I think was just really encouraging. And I think also the other another exciting thing, I think, for me is, you know, um, being part of Scripture Union, being, being involved in, uh, you know, cycling, you know? I, you know. I took over from Peter, <laughs> you know. Uh, but we, we then said, you know what, we want to use cycling to be a, to be a fundraiser. Um, and uh, for years, I think we used that as, you know, uh, to, you know for a number of years to raise money for, for Bible engagement in particular um where we once again we're just rallying people together and saying you know come together uh let's find creative ways of, of of pushing forward in in reaching out to to people out there you know um so yeah i'm really grateful for the uh for the positive time that i've, I've been able to have with Scripture Union,
0: guys this has been really special and i know it's it's been a little while now so we probably need to let you run Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks so much for just taking the time for us to be together today. Um, I found this to be an amazing opportunity um, and I'm challenged afresh by your experiences as we uh, listen to the stories around Scripture Union. So thanks so much, guys.
3: Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Tim. It's Thank been you, lovely Jim. to Thank be part so of And lovely to get time with Jeremy and Tony in this way.
3: Thank you so much, Tim.
0: Yeah, so it didn't include coffee, but it's still been a great uh, time to be together, guys.
2: (laughs) I think all of us can can say, uh, just in closing, I think I'm sure Tony and Tim and and Peter will join me in saying, actually, our debt of gratitude is to Script Union because of what it's uh, you know it's more blessed to give than to receive, and uh, I consider myself uh, having gained much more than I I gave Script Union. Uh, it, the leaders, Andrew Pudney was my disciple, the leader of the first camp. Mm. and He led mm. me to, to faith and Eddie pressed uh, the mm. guys who went before us. Um, we have benefited way more yeah. uh, in this, in this exchange. And so um, it was a privilege for me and I'm sure for the others to give back yeah. in this way. And mm. I just pray it will continue to be like that for you, Tom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot. It's, um, it's quite a special organization. Um, I've really, really fallen in love with SU. It's amazing.
1: You know, Tim, the way I pick up from what Jeremy just said, our lives have been enriched amazingly by this decades-long involvement with Scripture Union. Just personally, in our marriages, in our families, in our friendships, Mm. God has enriched our lives through Scripture Union.
0: Thank you, gentlemen.
1: Thank you. Thanks thanks for everyone
0: that's joined us today. Um, I hope to spend time with you again next week in Stories That Shape Us. It's a brand new podcast. So if you'd like to hear, uh, if you like what you hear and think others may like to join us, please just subscribe and then share it across your social networks. Thanks for that and see you next time. Thank you. God bless.
3: God bless you. Bye.